Hello, it's good to be with you all again on Saturday. I'm um, Stella Burkhalter, and um, I want to talk to you today about God and human beings and cockroaches. I had a professor in seminary who posed a question to us, uh, Bill Greenway, and one of the things you have to know about Bill is this is a man who would literally walk out of his way not to step on ants, okay? So hold on to that. So he said, how would you rank God and human beings and cockroaches? Would you say God, human beings, cockroaches? Or maybe you have a higher view of humanity, you know, God, human beings, cockroaches. Or maybe you're more humble than that and more realistic about who we are. Maybe you'd say God, human beings, cockroaches. But Bill said... God, human beings, cockroaches. I did not like this, but he had a good explanation. He said, cockroaches don't start wars. Cockroaches don't commit genocide. Cockroaches don't go around shooting up schools. If you rank us on goodness, we are below the cockroaches. Now, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it was thought-provoking. And so we're talking today about mercy, about God's mercy. We have been uh, preaching through the Chosen series, and we're, we're getting near the end. And at the end, the, the end of season two, Jesus preaches the, the Sermon on the Mount and shares the Beatitudes, a, a sermon that would define his ministry. And so as we've been going through, we've been talking about the pieces of it. And so this week, we look at Matthew 5, 7, that says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And I'm not sure how we, we always fall on that mercy scale. This week, somebody asked me for help, and I said no. And then I sat down to write a sermon on mercy. And it chewed at me. But I have to tell you, it was a really complicated situation. They usually are, right? We don't set out to not be merciful. But sometimes it can be hard. We can feel like we're being taken advantage of. We can feel like the other person doesn't deserve it or hasn't earned it or has made us angry or, you know, we're enabling or just for whatever reason, sometimes mercy can be hard. So if you can handle a little more cockroach, I want to share with you my favorite Far Side cartoon. There it is. Giant cockroach, and the wife is standing behind the husband saying, Step on it, Arnold, step on it. And so that's how I feel as the preacher, like I'm standing behind you going, Be merciful, be merciful, and realizing that it's not always easy. And so for this hard task, let us pray. Oh Lord, as we go to your word, consider what you would have to say to us this day. Open our hearts and minds to what it means to be merciful, to hear your voice, and to follow. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we have this word from Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. But that idea of mercy is woven through everything Jesus says and does. And this idea of wondering, what are the limits of mercy? What are the limits of forgiveness? We're not the first people to ask that question. 
People have asked that a lot. And so later on in the book of Matthew, Peter asks Jesus, Jesus, how many times should I forgive? And he says, seven? And this is actually a a pretty interesting answer because uh, the rabbis taught that you should forgive three times, which is actually pretty generous if you think about it. Have you ever forgiven anybody seven times? We have the saying, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me, or shame, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Am I getting that right? In other words, you know, I'll give you a couple of chances. And so for the rabbis to say to forgive somebody three times is actually pretty generous. Three strikes, you're out. And so Peter is, is starting to catch on to this teaching of Jesus, and he, he knows that seven is the perfect number. So he throws that out to Jesus, and he thinks that he's actually catching on to what it means to be forgiving and generous. But Jesus says something else and tells him a story. So this is from Matthew 21, 18, 21 through 35. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In the Greek, that can also be translated as seven times 70 times. A big number. And then he tells a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. But the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. They went and told the master everything that had happened. The master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Ouch. Now, a few details about this story. The amount of money that the servant owed. Um, in, In many translations, it talks about 100 talents. This one says a bags of gold. Maybe that's easier for us to understand. The point is, it was a sum of money that was just unbelievable. I mean, this was like Elon Musk level money. The man couldn't ever hope to pay it back. It just, it couldn't be possible. And so to forgive a debt like that, wow. And then the amount that the servant, the other servant owed, uh, is often translated as 100 denarii. A a hundred times day's wage. 
So even though it was a lot of money, it wasn't an unthinkable amount. If the man had enough time, he probably could have paid it back. And so Jesus throws out these two sums that are just, you know, over the top and, and big but not so big to illustrate the point. Much was forgiven of this man, and yet he couldn't find it in his heart to forgive someone else. And I have to touch on that last point where the, where the king orders the man to be tortured. Um, because we look at that and we say, well, God is, is the giver, and so God is this person. Is, is this what God will do to us? Will God torture us if, in hell if we are not forgiving? And there's a lot of things that we can say about that. First of all, torture was forbidden in Jewish law. They were allowed to punish, but they were not allowed to torture. And so it seems unthinkable that God himself would torture when, when he laid down the law for others that they should not. The other thing is every time we look at a part of scripture, we look at it in light of all of scripture. And scripture is so clear that God is good. God is good all the time, all the time God is good. We sing of the goodness of God. I think what Jesus was trying to do is trying to say, don't mess with the king. The king is serious about this. The king has done something for you and for you to be so unforgiving when you have been given so very much. And so this parable shows Jesus' idea that it's, it's more about the attitude of our heart, that we live as people who know much has been given to us. And when we live in recognition of how much we have and how much has been forgiven us, we live differently in the world. And so in The Chosen, Mary Magdalene is a good example of a person who is merciful. Her character in the story um, over and over again, she is kind and merciful. And so in this episode of The Chosen, it kind of goes through um, some of the Mary Magdalene story. So we're going to talk about her a little bit. First of all, uh, Magdalene was not her last name, just like Jesus' last name was not Christ. She was Mary from Magdala, which was a town um, in Galilee. And we don't know very much about her. We do know that she um, was with Jesus. She walked with Jesus. There were women who, who were part of Jesus' ministry who supported him. And so some have believed that Mary Magdalene might have been wealthy because the Bible says that the women supported Jesus. And so we know that she was with him, but we don't know how she got there or, or how long she had been there. And the other thing that all of the Gospels make clear is that she was at the tomb on Easter morning, and she was the first to know that Jesus rose. And she went and told others. And so a couple of the Gospels mentioned just in passing about her, she was the one that had seven demons cast out of her. And that's about it. And I go, wait, 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 tell me about these seven demons. What, what does this mean? What is this? And so we don't know. That's about all the Bible tells us about her. But it, apparently she had some sort of really dark past. And one of the things I love about The Chosen is that they, about this show, is that because it's a series and not just a movie, they really develop her character. They really do a lot with it. And, and it does come out of their own imagination based on the Bible. 
But I love that, that she's always there and that she's part of that inner circle, that she's following Jesus. And I love to see her struggles as a real person. And so they, they depict her as somebody who um, came from a dark past but had been raised with the scriptures, and so she comes back to it. And she is held up as somebody who is merciful. And I love what this show does with Mary because I think historically in pop culture, Mary Magdalene has been made out to be um, a woman of ill repute. And I don't think that's really fair. In 591, Pope Gregory preached a sermon and he said Mary Magdalene was the same sinful woman that the Bible says washed Jesus' feet with her hair and that she was a prostitute. And this solidified. And so if you Google Mary Magdalene, the pictures that you find, you know, a red dress, she's often depicted as like really sexy and, you know, the hair flying everywhere. Um, it wasn't until 1969 that the Catholic Church came out and made a statement and said, you know, there's not a biblical basis for that view of Mary Magdalene. So poor Mary, it took a long time for, for her story to, to be corrected. And so I like that the Chosen develops her more and, and says, yes, there's this dark past in her, um, but she was faithful to Jesus. And so there's a scene in this episode of The Chosen, episode five, where she comes face to face with a man who has many demons. And the Bible tells us that Jesus healed people who had demons. He cast out demons. That there was one particular man that had so many demons, they asked him his name and he said, Legion, an army. There were an army of demons in this man. So we don't know if Mary Magdalene ever met this man. But in the imagination of this show, she is the one. When she sees him snarling and foaming at the mouth and, and being scary and everybody else backs up, Mary is the one who goes toward him. The one who has been forgiven much is the first one to try to forgive. She's the first one who steps in. And the demon calls her Lilith. Now, Mary Magdalene is at the very beginning of season one of the show, and we, we learn in the, in the imagination of the filmmakers that she was so different and so sinful that she went by a different name. She went by the name Lilith. And after she was transformed by Jesus and freed, Jesus called her by her real name, Mary. And I think that's a cool little twist. If you were here the last time I preached, I talked about how the chosen is Midrash, Midrash is when somebody invents another story to help cast light on the biblical story. And I was so tempted at that time to tell you a bunch of the Midrashes I know that, the, that are in Jewish culture because they're so interesting, but I didn't have time. So I have to tell you one more today. There is a Midrash to explain something in the Bible that's a question. The Bible says God created male and female. And then later in Genesis, it says God created Adam and then he created Eve. And so the rabbis were asked, well, did God create male and female, or did he create male and then female? And here's the Midrash. God created man, Adam, and then created a woman for Adam, and her name was Lilith. And Lilith thought she was equal to Adam because they were created together. So when Adam wanted figs, Lilith said, get them yourself. She was kind of uppity. 
And so Adam went to God and said, I don't like this one. And so she went away and God created Eve. Now that's not in the Bible, but you wouldn't believe this little stream of feminists that love Lilith and want to know what happened to her and have even written books about imagining what happened to Lilith because, you know, they like her. And I wonder if the people who wrote the show Frasier, did y'all ever watch Frasier? You know, the uppity wife was named Lilith. And there's this, this rock concert of female rockers that's called Lilith Fair. Um, when I read this, I went, well, how does everybody know about Lilith except me? And so I kind of love this little twist that, that the filmmakers just sort of threw that in, that when she was a wild uppity woman, her name was Lilith. But she found her true self and her true name. So I think all of that about Mary Magdalene is kind of interesting to know. When you watch this little clip of her encounter with the man who was possessed by demons and healed by Jesus. Don't come any closer. Stop. Mary. Lilith. I don't answer to that name. Mm, they told me about you. Did they? All seven of them. My name is Mary. It was always Mary. Oh, the stories they had. You're scared. What's your name? Belial, spawn of Oriac's fifth night of legion. What's your real name? It's on all of you! What did your mother call you? Can't say. <laughs> Please say your name. I love how Mary says, What is your name? Tell me your name. Everybody else looks at this crazy man, and eventually Simon jumps him. But Mary, even though she's scared, gets up to him and looks at him and says, tell me your name. I know this isn't you. I know this snarling, angry thing isn't you. Who are you really? What did your mother call you? Someone who's been so forgiven and freed is able to have that kind of mercy and see past the ugliness because she's been forgiven. And so I think in all our, our questioning of, well, just how many times? Is it three or is it seven? And what about this? And what about that? And what should I do? Jesus says, stop counting and live as someone who realizes how much you've been forgiven and how much has been given to you. Be like Mary, who's willing to say, tell me your name. Let me see who you really are. I see something in you. It ends up that this encounter with this man brings up a lot in Mary, and she runs away. And so next week, Thomas is going to tell the next episode of her being restored, and it's a, a beautiful story, as, as Thomas will preach next week about what it means to be pure in heart. But if you can take just one more cockroach, 
Sorry, I kind of went on a roll. This, this cockroach says, I used to be somebody, a big executive, my own company. And then one day somebody yelled, hey, he's just a big cockroach. I think that's what happened to Mary, that imposter syndrome. Here I am walking with Jesus, and then wait a minute, I'm just a cockroach. The mercy that she has for others, she doesn't have for herself. She doesn't think she's good enough to be with Jesus, and she runs away. But that's next week's story. For this week, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are we when we show mercy. Our God will show mercy to us. Amen?